You're listening to Trust Me, You're Broke. I'm your host, Julia, a millennial consultant in banking, here to give you some tips and tricks on how to make, save, and grow your money. Let's get started. Hello, friends. As you can probably guess by the title of my episode today, a part of me is extremely sad that I have to admit to this. And what that is, is exactly what the title says. I could have gotten rich with Amazon and Tesla stocks this past year. Now you may be thinking, well, everyone could have gotten rich based on the stock market performance this past year, which is also true, but that is not the same point that I'm trying to make. What a lot of people are trying to imply when they say, oh, I could have gotten rich is really saying that they missed out on the timing, right? So for those of you who haven't been following the stock market uh, closely this past year, for context, in March 2020, we've seen the largest dip on the stock exchange since the Great Depression. Like we're talking not even the 2008 global economic crisis caused as big of a dip as it did in March 2020. So when people complain and say, oh, I could have gotten rich, blah, 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 it really, what they're saying is that they missed the timing, the prime timing to um, invest. Now with my case, in March 2020 was exactly the time point where I started to really look and track the stock market performance. So my brain and my heart knew very well that this was going to be one of the biggest opportunities I would see in investing in the stock market. I had already been tracking a couple of individual stocks uh, through a watch list for many months, uh, looking at their prices go up and down, and just seeing that all across the board, these stocks were suddenly tanking in price. So as an investor with not a lot of funds to play around to lose or to win, this was actually a golden opportunity for me to enter the market and play around with some stocks, uh, particularly with companies that normally have stable earnings. And so normally their stock prices would be a bit higher. Now, before I go any further, I do want to clarify and say that I have a managed portfolio of stocks and then I have a separate uh, TFSA open just to invest in individual stocks. And that's just kind of like my side, you know, for fun, understand the stock market kind of type of TFSA. So it's a little bit different than my managed portfolios because my managed portfolios are highly diversified. So they have, you know, assets like cash, gold, uh, my main investments in stocks aren't individual stocks they're all etfs in international markets in emerging markets and in the u.s markets so oh and there's also government bonds so when i say like put money into the stock market when it was tanking i'm not talking about my managed portfolio because what i do is you know i put in x amount of dollars uh, consistently on a bi-weekly basis and just let it grow for a long term whereas this portfolio was completely managed by my own it was self-directed and so i could pick and choose individual stocks to put in there so here's where amazon comes in right so of course one of the stocks that i was watching that was on my watch list was amazon and the reason why i had been watching amazon is because as a tech company it has a high growth potential which the stock market traditionally values a lot but also it was performance that i could easily understand it wasn't just about 
earnings per share or the P.E. ratio. So the P.E. ratio, for example, is called the price to earnings ratio, which looks at, you know, what is the stock price versus what are they actually earning? And um, Amazon, as of today, I believe their their P.E. ratio is at around 90 something dollars, which is considered pretty high. And traditionally, for a company with a high P.E. ratio, they would say that the company stock is overvalued and therefore it's risky to buy a lot of those stocks expecting uh, growth that isn't really, I guess, scientific, right? But the reason why I found Amazon attractive was because to me, their strategic moves was easy to understand and it was easy to see. It was very clear to me that Amazon was trying to and is still trying to create an ecosystem beyond being a transportation logistics company, beyond being that delivery prime system. They're in entertainment, they're in grocery, physical grocery stores now, and the list can just go on and on, right? So to me, these types of tech companies are really attractive. So that's why naturally I was looking into Amazon and, you know, Apple shares, for example, is another one. It's a little sidebar, but it's another one that I'm investing in currently because, again, they're seeking to create this ecosystem in a consumer's life. And I think once you create that ecosystem around someone's life, it's extremely difficult to escape and avoid that business, which is why I think even though mathematically Amazon's P.E. ratio is very high, Practically, you can see that the company is going in the right direction, which is why I felt it was worth investing in. Now, that's what I felt. And so now you're wondering, well, then, Julia, why aren't you rich yet with Amazon stocks? And why did you say that you chose not to be? You chose not to be rich. Well, first of all, I do want to say that, yes, it does sadden me that I didn't get in hop on the bandwagon when, you know, Amazon stocks were severely, I guess, quote unquote, undervalued this past year because it's doing tremendously now. And honestly, had I put like all my eggs in one basket this past year, I could have made a lot of money. And so, yes, a part of me is like, I wish I got in on this trend. Um, but another part of me felt compelled to make this episode because I think it's a really important learning moment for all of us, especially novice investors. Like I still consider myself a novice investor because I was in the stock market for like just about a year or so now, but it's treated me very well. So, or I guess a year and a half. Um, so I, I felt compelled to make this to kind of let you guys know where I was coming from and why I decided not to uh, purchase Amazon stocks at the time that it was, you know, dipping. So here is the main reason why I chose not to be rich, I guess. Um, at the time in March 2020, and my numbers aren't, you know, completely accurate because day by day the stock prices change. And so I'm just going to go with an approximate number. Just prior to the market crash in March 2020, Amazon stocks were at around $2,100. It peaked right before the coronavirus hit. And then in March 2020, it dipped all the way down to $1,600. Now, to give you context, according to my app right now, today, Amazon stock prices are... <laughs> 
$3,182.70. So you can see a couple things here. A, the market is recovering and it's recovering pretty quickly. And for Amazon, it's done incredibly well this past year because as you guys know, Amazon is a digital company that uh, focuses on delivery. And that's been a very critical business for uh everyone who has been stuck at home this past year. So that's why it kind of inverted compared to all the other traditional businesses out there that have like brick and mortar stores. Uh, Amazon performed really well because the demand just shot up. And I knew this. I knew this fact. I knew it was going to be an essential business. And yet I chose not to. And the reason why I chose not to is because per share at the time, it was still $1,600. Now, you may be in a completely different life stage as me, or you might be in a slightly earlier life stage as me, whatever it may be, right? Here is that one message that I wanted to send to you guys. The number one golden rule for stock investments is that if you are not disciplined, this is no different than gambling. And the second rule that I have set for myself at the very least is that when trading individual stocks, I always have to be aware of my risk tolerance. Now, I'm a person that's really afraid of losing my money. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there, right? I don't make, you know, a huge ton of money uh, enough to feel like, oh my God, I can just waste a bunch and I can see it crazy crashes in the stock market and I'll be fine, I will be devastated. And I know that. And because I knew that spending $1,600 for one share of Amazon just wasn't feasible for me. Now, same story with Tesla, but a little bit different, a little bit sadder, to be honest with you. Um, but in 2020, Tesla underwent a stock split. And what that means is basically if the stock price per share is a little bit too high for individual investors to want to invest in order to perform a little bit better, they issue more stocks. And that's what stock split is. The value of the company doesn't change, but now because there's more shares out there in the market, the price per share would go down. So they did a five for one stock split, but before that, their price had peaked to over $2,000. And in 2020 alone, Tesla's stock grew about 650%. That did a lot of things for Elon Musk. First of all, now uh, he is officially the richest person on earth, surpassing Jeff Bezos from Amazon. It also qualified the Tesla stock to be a part of the S&P 500, which are traditionally companies that are doing extremely, like one of the biggest companies get to be on the S&P 500 index, which also drove up the prices even more because people were, you know, very excited by the fact that Tesla was now included in the S&P 500. So a 650% growth in 2020 meant that Tesla around the March timeframe was only trading at around $400. Now I own one share of Tesla stocks and I know that's, that's crazy. It's like, really just one? Are you 
what, Julia? But it's true. I only bought one stock and that's what prevented me, I guess, quote unquote, from becoming rich. Because again, had I put all my eggs in one basket in 2020, when I did invest in the Tesla stocks, and for transparency, I actually did it post stock split because it was much more affordable that way. I would have today, and I calculated this and it made me cry internally a little bit, I would have today $160,000, US dollars, that is, in my bank account, smiling at me, saying, wow, Julia, you can afford a down payment and maybe some more. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> I don't have that money smiling at me in my in my bank account, unfortunately. And while that's a little sad, I am really proud of myself for staying disciplined. Because what that meant was that I was able to diversify in my self-directed portfolio. And what that meant means I had now more money to invest in cheaper stocks, but also well-performing stocks such as Apple. So Apple also did a stock split in 2020, which means that my one Apple share actually became four in 2020. And that also has been doing really well. It more than doubled uh, across this past year. It also allowed me to invest in, again, cheaper but stable companies like Pinterest, who has been doing really well this past year, especially because people are staying from home, uh, staying at home, working at home. So they're looking for more inspiration. So I figured that would be kind of a consumer trend. So I invested in Pinterest as well. That has more, I, I believe, more than tripled. Uh, I also allocated some funds in this growth stock called Serence, which is a company that is working on the auto driving technology behind, you know, all of the the cars out there. So it, it has been beating actually quarterly um, performance estimates. And so the company itself was performing really well, but still a very early stage company. That one has, I think, grown as much as Tesla has uh, in terms of percentage. And so as a result of that, you know what I achieved? I achieved year uh, this past year in my self-directed portfolio, I achieved an 800% growth rate. So although the absolute dollar amount in my self-directed portfolio isn't as much as I could have earned, because I chose cheaper stocks, I diversified. And in the diversification, what I did to myself was basically lower the risk of losing all of that money as well. To this day, Tesla's stock performance is highly debated among the professionals of the professionals who literally do this to eat and sleep and whatever. They do this all day, every day. Even those people in the Wall Street somewhere they can't agree on whether or not Tesla's growth in their stock price is sustainable or unsustainable. Michael Burry, which if you're not familiar with the film The Big Short, the film is basically about the 2008 uh, financial crisis and how a very handful of Wall Street investors predicted that the housing market in the United States would absolutely crash. And as a result of that, um, the stock market would completely crash. So he actually short-selled a bunch of money and became a billionaire, basically, because he was right. And at that point, people thought he was crazy. You know, all these big bankers out there 
thought you're crazy because the housing market would never crash. Well, it did. And that's what caused such a global financial crisis. Um, But anyway, back to my point is Michael Burry actually... Uh, Today, I read an article where he was completely perplexed by the Tesla stocks and he is adamant that, you know, this is not sustainable growth. It will crash one day and he has revealed his position, which is a short selling position on Tesla. So there's a lot of debate despite the incredible growth. So if there's one message that I kind of wanted you to take away from this episode, it's really that discipline and knowing your risk tolerance when it comes to investing in your stocks. Remember what your risk tolerance is, how much money you have, how much cash flow and how comfortable you are, what your goals are. Are they long term? Are they short term? Are you seeking short term high returns? Are you seeking long term high returns? And based on that, stay disciplined because if you don't, it's literally like gambling. It's honestly, it's like throwing money at the lottery system, um, but lots and lots more money than just a $10 lottery ticket and hoping that something will work in your favor. And as for the money that you could have earned, don't even look at it. Like for me, this episode is for me to express how much Yes, a little bit of tears, you know, just for (laughs) entertainment purposes, I'm saying it's so sad, but it actually isn't. It isn't sad for me because one of the things that I've learned to do very early on, even before entering, you know, the whole self-directed investing is to learn how to let go of things that were never mine in the first place. And this is something that you have to realize before you jump into stock investment, particularly if you're someone like me and is quite risk averse. What wasn't your money and could have been your money still isn't yours. So don't linger on that and don't wonder what if and then make a really poor decision by uh, buying at a super high price when you know, all the stocks left to do is to tank. Uh, Don't make decisions like that. And I'm really proud of myself for not, you know, going with the crowd and saying, oh my God, oh my God, yeah, these are the stocks that are going to grow massively. And so I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. That is never the right way to go when it comes to stock investments. And I just wanted to come on here and express that with you guys. Another thing that I want to emphasize uh, before I end this episode is that my self-directed portfolio, although in the past year has seen 800% in growth, I know likely in the next year, especially the year after that, I will likely not see as much growth as 800%. And that is because um, we were in unprecedented times, especially for the stock market, uh, to see such a huge dip. And I happened to invest in all of these stocks in March 2020 when I felt like it was a golden opportunity for me. And I'm saying this because, you know, I'm following a lot of social media, uh, TikTok, for example. There's a lot of kind of hashtag stock talk, they say, uh, which a lot of people, a lot of quote unquote, investors kind of speculate on certain stocks and, you know, try to advise you and try to get you to buy certain things. Uh, While that's great to share knowledge, I want to encourage everyone to understand that 
our external forces right now is very, very, very special circumstances. So to see someone who did incredibly well this past year in uh, stock investment doesn't make them necessarily a good stock investor because they could have lucked out. <laughs> and honestly, I'm quite a novice investor. So to me, I think I have lucked out. On the flip side of things, my um, investment portfolio, the ones that are managed right now, actually uh, during the coronavirus was in the negatives for the longest time, in the negatives. And yet the reason why I have more faith in that managed portfolio than I do in my self-directed portfolio, even though my self-directed portfolio is doing so much better so far, is because I know in the long run, my um, diversified managed portfolio will do so much better than my self-directed portfolio. I just know it because in the history of investing, there hasn't been a single uh, investor, like a professional investor that has been able to beat the 10-year average in the stock market. And this is what, you know, if you don't trust me, this is what Warren Buffett also said. So you can trust that guy. <laughs> One of the directors that uh, is on my team, actually, in March, he took out an interest-free loan and put that into stocks. And while, you know, his risk tolerance clearly is much, much higher than mine, I secretly thought to myself that that is probably the stupidest thing that you could do because who could predict the volatility of this market in the very, very special circumstance that we're in. And so behaviors like that, I would never recommend and I would not think is the smartest thing to do, but he did it and he probably benefited from it because the market has been recovering quite quickly and quite well for especially certain stocks. But I would really like to think, and I think I do believe, that that was a one-time exception. And if he were to invest in his stocks by taking out loans and debt uh, in the future, he probably would lose it all. Um, so that is kind of the moral of the story. The moral of the episode here is that, yeah, I could have had Amazon and Tesla combined probably like... 300 to 400k in my bank account right now and my life would probably be a little bit different than it is today but I chose not to go down that path because it was simply too risky and simply too undisciplined for me to put you know a majority of my net worth into all of these stocks so if you're like me a novice investor and you don't really have too much money to play around with a self-directed portfolio you're just too nervous or unfamiliar or if you're someone that hasn't even entered the market yet and you're thinking darn it like why didn't I get in on the fun in March 2020 when everything was way cheaper, like I could have made so much money. Um, I hope this episode makes you feel better because you actually, in my opinion, and this is my personal opinion, you made the responsible choice. Um, not entering the market, you know, I would encourage you to start looking at uh, making investments because just keeping your money, and I say this like every couple of episodes, but just keeping your money stowed away in a savings account besides an emergency fund means the value of your money is going to lose to the time value of money as inflation is a real thing every year, uh, you will lose value. So 
If you haven't explored investing yet, I would highly recommend that you do so. And if you are new to kind of investing, I would recommend going with robo-advising. That's how I started. I started with Wealthsimple just because what robo-advising helps you do is uh, analyze your portfolio uh, risk tolerance against the stock market's performance and it actually readjusts the proportions of the stocks that you are invested into. So I really like that function, which is why I am using Wellsimple's managed portfolio um, to do so. Now, if you are interested in starting your own Wellsimple account, I do have a referral link on my profile or in my episodes that you can use. It's I think it benefits me somehow. I don't like make money off of it, but I think I get like a discount, but mainly it's to your benefit. You get a year of free trading. So they have a management fee of 0.5%, which is already low for industry standards. But with my referral link, you can actually trade for free uh, for an entire year. So if you're interested in that, go check out my link. And also in the coming episodes, I think I'm going to do a full on tutorial on how to get started with stocks. And I think that'll be very beneficial for all of you novices or all of you guys who are a little bit nervous about stock trading. I can also share some of the learnings that I've had. So stay tuned for that episode. To end this, I would like to manifest that I will make that same amount of 160K to 300,000 very soon but using a diversified portfolio. So I'll manifest that for myself and I'll also manifest that for you and I'll see you next week. Hope today's episode was informative and fun. If you like this episode, please give my podcast a like, a five-star review, and a follow. Also, go follow me at Wealth by Julia on Instagram for more tips and tricks. I'll talk to you soon.